0: Coming up on today's podcast:
1: To dust you you've come, to dust you shall return. You know, like we're all going to be dust, right? Your soul is what's going to live on forever. And confession, it's an amazing way to work out your soul. I mean, we are so concerned with working out the body; we need to work out the
0: soul because the soul is going to live forever. Welcome in to an exciting new episode of the Spirit-Filled Media Podcast with your host, Deacon Steve Greco of Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry. So glad to have you back with us here as we dive into the second part of our series with a young man named Alob, a.k.a. Andrew Laubacher. What a fascinating life experience he's had and just the way he's been used by the Lord to speak to his peers and help bring them to a closer encounter with God. It is just so, so powerful. Powerful. And if you miss part one of this series, please go back and listen to that as well. We pick up the conversation here with Deacon Steve, and our guest has his guitar in hand. And at the ready. We're with Andrew Laubacher,
2: high atop the Tower of Hope. We've been talking about surrendering to Christ. Jesus is calling to us, saying, Come to me.
3: child of God from my mother's womb you have chosen me your love has called my name cause I've been born again into your family your blood flows through my veins I'm no longer a slave to fear, cause I am a child of God. I'm no longer, I'm no longer a slave to fear, cause I am a child of God. child of god i'm no longer i'm no longer a slave to fear cuz i am a child of god i'm no longer a slave to fear cuz i am a child
2: of god Hallelujah! Praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. My brothers and sisters were with Alob, Andrew Labocker. To get your music, how would they get your music?
1: Well, it's and- all on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music. You just go to Alob, A L O B. My latest album is called No Match for Love. So you can go on any of those platforms, plug
2: in "No Match for Love" by Alob, and you'll find some stuff. Awesome, and he is on fire with Jesus Christ. We talk about freedom and love and purpose, and how so much of life is being set free from our bondage and our chains. And take a look at Acts now, Acts sixteen twenty six, that there suddenly was a severe earthquake and the foundations of the jail flew open and shook and all the doors open and the chains were pulled loose. Paul was set free and Silas was set free and the jailer's ready to kill himself, but then says, uh, what must I do to be saved? And Paul says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your house will be saved. So they spoke the word of God to him and to everyone in the house And at that moment in time, at that hour, their wounds were bathed. All the family was baptized at once and came to the Lord. We are in these chains and Jesus wants to set us free. We see this in the story of the prodigal son. We are all the prodigal son. Oh yeah. You know, at least I have been the prodigal son. Oh yeah. You know, in which we want to do it our way. We run and we get into the world. We get into... All of these things, the world allurements offer us, you know, the flesh, you know, the money, the power, the fame, the wanting to be popular, all of these things, whatever it is. And that prodigal son found out, as we all find out, that there is no satisfaction, there's no fulfillment, there's nothing that gives us joy that really completes our heart, but God. And he comes mm-hmm. back to us. And that story of the father running to greet us is the story of Jesus with open arms.
1: Yeah. And I feel like we've probably all been both the sons, right? We've been that younger son that went away, did his own thing, came back. I felt like I've I've been that son. I feel like I've also been the son that's, father, why why didn't you give me a party? Why, why didn't you give me all the stuff? And, and the father's like, You've, all of this has, has always been yours, you know? All of mine has always been yours. The crazy thing is, it's like that scripture, I think sometimes people identify with one or the other. But for me, I've, I've felt like both because once you start living out your faith, you know, it's really easy to, to look at other people that aren't living out their faith and are maybe having success or as a young adult Catholic you know, that is single, it's like, oh, well, these people are married or like they seem to be super happy just having multiple sex partners and, and they seem to be living together and it seems to be working out for them. And it's really easy to be that older son and be like, well, God, why, why are they fine? You know, and I think that temptation is real, but I think Jesus and all throughout scriptures is clear is that everything that we do in this life, I mean, we're going to have to answer to it. And there is such thing. As sin. I mean, no one likes talking about sin, but it's real. I mean, evil's real. When I talk to people, some of the main arguments, even in just in the, in the academic world, is how can there be a good God and how is there evil? You know, but for me, when I see the reality of evil, to me, it points to me that we, we know that something's off here. When you recognize real evil, you know it's evil because you know that it's lacking something good. And you know that there's, there's a way that you, you measure evils because you know that there's something good. That's why you know hot from cold. You know what cold feels like because you know you felt you know a warmer sensation before. The same with, with evil and good. And I think when we see this reality of evil in the world, this reality of sin, and the reality that that's what God came to heal. He came to heal that malady of the heart, which we all have. We all have that issue of, of man, of that prodigal son, of that younger son, and sometimes of that older son.
2: And sometimes we can relate even as if we're older and we have children and grandchildren and so forth of knowing how much we're there with open arms, waiting for our, our children to come back to the church or our grandchildren and so forth. So all three, we can certainly identify with, but um, the question there's, I normally don't tell jokes, so maybe this is really going to fall. Okay. (laughs) So uh, the story of the prodigal son which one was really totally all in, all committed? The younger son? The fatted calf. He gave it
3: all.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. i never heard that. <laughs> That's good. That's a good Catholic joke.
2: That's a good Catholic joke. Catholic yeah. humor at its best. Yeah, at its best. Well, I, I, I will tell you, uh, my brothers and sisters, that we've all been there. We've been there. We've been that prodigal son. At least most of us have. And, there are a number of people listening in right now, or are right there. They feel like they're in that pig pen. Yeah, they're in that pig pen right now. And you know, the biggest thing that I get in all of my travels and evangelization and programs and so forth is people say, "I have done so many sins; God can't possibly forgive me."
1: Yeah, they think or, they're going to get zapped when they walk into church, or I've, I've heard that a lot. Yeah, and, and that it's like, I dude, can't... I've survived every time I walk in. I think you're going to be okay. <laughs> exactly.
2: You know, you know you, they're looking up for the lightning to hit. Yeah. Them. I mean, the reality is it doesn't matter that you haven't been the church in so many years or, or maybe never been the reconciliation, whatever it is. Yeah. God is waiting with open arms. Yeah, I was going to talk about
1: confessionals coming to mind, but also the reality that the, that, that the older son and the younger son both needed repentance. They both needed to turn away from the sin because I I felt like the other son and been like, okay, God, I'm trying to live out my faith here. Why is this stuff not panning out like I wanted it to? And, you know, or you're like the younger, you know, the younger son, which I've been to, which is just, I don't really care what your plan is. I'm going to do my own thing. The reality is both of them needed repentance. And I know, you know, that word repentance is also a buzzword. No one likes it. I always think of like, you know, medieval movies where they're like, repent, the kingdom is near, you know, and have this like British accent or something like that. But um, repentance just means to change the way you think. It means to turn around. And it's something you can do every day at every moment, the second you mess up. And, And I love confession. I really love being Catholic. I'm really fed by my Catholic faith in so many different ways. And I think one of the reasons I love being Catholic is because of confession. I don't know any other you know, way to confess my sins than, than to a priest. I mean, I see it in scripture. I see it lived out in the early church. To me, it just makes a lot of sense historically, scripturally, and it feels amazing. And I know people, when they go to confession, it's like this terrifying thing, like, oh my gosh, they're going to think differently of me, or, you know, they're not going to be able to look at me the same way. They're going to know my deepest, darkest secrets. This is weird, but really it is, it is actually so natural, so good for your psychological health. And it's also really good for your soul. I mean, we are so concerned with the body, right? We're so concerned with the body. St. Paul talks about that, like, you know, running the race and and exercising the body, which is good. We should take care of our temples. I'm reading a book right now called Fit for Eternal Life by Kevin Vost. And it's essentially about taking care of your body and soul. But I think we really forget and neglect the soul. And confession is like that spiritual bath. It's that cleansing of your soul, which is what's going to live on forever. And I try and talk to people. Especially who love worldly things and love, you know, getting huge and jacked and all these workout plans and it's good and, and I think you should be exercising but there's going to come a point to where this, this body of yours is, is going to malfunction. It's not going to make it, um, you know, during Lent. To dust you, you've you come, to dust you shall return, you know, like we're all going to be dust, right? Your soul is what's going to live on forever and confession, it's an amazing way to work out your soul. I mean, we are so concerned with working out the body, we need to work out the soul because... The soul
2: is going to live forever. Amen. Amen. You mentioned such a critical word too, and that's humility. And we take a look at Philippians 2 about how Jesus humbled himself. In verse 2, 3, it says, Do nothing out of selfishness or out of vainglory. Rather humbly regard others as more important than yourself, each looking out not for his own interests, but for everyone's else interests. And that he humbled and emptied himself, taking the form of a human slave, humbled himself, becoming obedient to death and even death on the cross. And then God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bend and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. When you humble yourself by saying yes to Jesus, to say, yes, I can't do it, but you can. And I want you to take over my life. Everything changes. We've been talking about surrendering to Christ, about the story of the prodigal son.
1: Yeah, this song is called uh, "No Match for Love." It's a story of the prodigal son that I wrote, and essentially, uh, the chorus is a, a testimony to the reality that our messiness, our 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 dirtiness, our sin is no match for the love of God. So here it is. <laughs>
3: the light breaking through the clouds
1: didn't know there's hope but it's here somehow I lived a life for me I'm tired of what I see handing it over I give you everything I want to live for something more I got these scars on my
3: skin
1: my past is
3: forgiven Let the healing Begin I see you run Arms open wide I see you run Ring the room. My messiness Is no match for love Oh, you're Your only Son to die for us Forgiving Father All my sin All my sin Is no match for love I'm so afraid What is Father gonna say? Will he turn his back or will we embrace? I just need hope, so I'm going home. Grace is waiting, grace is waiting. I see you run. Arms open wide, I see you run. messiness is no match for love. Oh, Your love, You sent Your only Son to die for us. Forgiving Father, all oh, my sin, all oh, my sin. There's no match for love. So heal my heart. your only Son to die for us. Forgiving Father, oh my sin, oh my sin, it's no match
2: for love. Amen, hallelujah. This is Deacon Steve Greco with A-Lob, Andrew Laubacher, and No Match for Love. And that is what it's all about. It's like nothing compares to the love of Christ. Nothing could ever compare with it. It is everything the world has to offer is just nothing in comparison to the fact that the Father is there with open arms, Mm -hmm. waiting for us, loving us, and wanting to give us, as it says in Ephesians 1, every spiritual blessing.
1: Yeah, that song is written from the perspective of the younger son coming home. So that's what I kind of imagined. And, you know, we've heard that story a lot, but the reality of of one, the father must have been waiting for his son to see him off in the distance, you know, coming forward. There's something amazing about the reality that God is is seeking us. He's after us. Uh, Christianity is the only religion where God seeks man. Every other religion is man seeking God. And I think that is just uh, that story is a profound statement. I mean, Jesus could have used any other image of the Father. We can think of a lot of other ones that the world thinks, like he's up there with a the whip, ready to just you know, lay it down. He's got lightning bolts when you mess up; he's gonna blast you. And that's not what Jesus showed us. He showed us that the Father is waiting for us. He runs to us with open arms. He throws a party for us. Puts on a ring and a robe. Kills the fat and calf and rejoices. And I think. We see that in scripture too. When one person repents and turns back to God, there's a party going on in heaven right now for that one person. And um, it kind of brings me back to that, just the beautiful gift of of confession and the reality that, man, you can go almost any day of the week, confess your sins, be forgiven. God forgets them. He obliterates them and he sets them as far as the East is from the West. I mean, you're never going to see him again. And I think that's one thing that's been difficult in my life is being able to to understand the reality that God has forgiven and forgotten. Because I'm really good at remembering my sin. You know, I think we're really good at remembering our mistakes. Um, and I've had to work through that a lot. And maybe, you know, people listening are really stuck in what I call, and a guy Todd White calls, rear view Christianity, where we're always looking back to what has happened. And, and the truth of the gospel is that when you confess, when you repent, God forgives, forgets, and you can move on because He has. And I think that's an amazing gift of, of our faith is the sacrament of confession and the priesthood. And the reality that when that priest says your sins are forgiven, I mean, he's been given the authority to bind and, and to heal. And confession is a sacrament of healing, too. I mean, what better way to start the healing process than knowing and hearing those words, you are forgiven, go and sin no more.
2: And it's so transformative. It's God wants us a new creation he told us in John 10:10, 10, 10, I've come to give you life and life abundantly. Mm-hmm. He told us over and over and over again how much he loves us.
1: Yeah, I think that's the mistake of of culture right now with their view on Christianity. We are we are viewed as bigots and and judgmental and boring and you know, man, I see such a different picture when I'm traveling and getting to meet all these amazing Christians and Catholics and people that really love Jesus, I see a totally different view. I, I see people that are fully alive. I see people in the midst of tragedy still believe in God. I mean, still love their faith, still love people. I mean, people are doing crazy, amazing things right now for the gospel. You, don't, you won't see that on the news, you know? You don't see the stuff. I, I love the stories. Amongst the tragedy that came out in Houston, that came out of my hometown of Ventura, where a bunch of fires destroyed hundreds of homes in my hometown, I saw people come together in a way that I've never seen before because of their faith, because they believe that the, the human person has intrinsic value, that the human person is good and worth saving. And I find that to be an amazing gift of, of our faith is that it's true. God really wants us to be joyful. And Rich Mullins, he's my favorite favorite artist of all time. He sang the song, sing your praise to the Lord, which, you know, he gave to Amy Grant and Amy Grant made awesome. He wrote awesome God. Everyone knows awesome God. But he said, I want to leave a legacy of joy. And I think as a young adult, as an adult, as a teen, that's kind of the cry of my heart for people's, if you're really trying to live out your faith, let's, let's live out a legacy of joy because that's how mother teresa said that's how we w- we will catch souls that that is the net by which we will catch souls and if you're you know if you're trying to evangelize or talk to people about jesus or talk to family members that don't believe in god you know we just had the holidays i know those are usually fun because arguments arise and confrontation or your or your family's amazing and it's awesome but um i feel like if we really witness to the joy of the gospel
2: it's going to be hard for people to say no you have an opportunity to have abundant joy, abundant life, when you say yes to Jesus, everything changes. Everything change. you see things differently. Hundred percent. It's like you a just, new yeah. You put on some like three D goggles yeah. or something, and, and you see that in Second Corinthians three sixteen, where it says we have a veil over our eyes. Right. When we turn to Christ, that veil is gone. Right. And He's saying, "Come to Me, come to Me." And to your point, Andrew, that He comes to us. You think about how he chose the disciples, his apostles, he's tapped on the shoulder in a sense that, come follow me. Yeah. Come follow me. He sought after them, which is what's so critical.
1: Yeah, Jesus said, come to me, all who are burdened, and I will give you rest. I think a lot of people are looking for a rest. We are so restless as a culture, you know And if you look all over social media and all these videos, it's like man You got to travel the world and go to the coolest places and you've traveled more internationally than me I think Um, and I've obviously got to travel a lot too and and you realize after quite a bit of traveling. It's not that cool
2: (laughs) You know like the jet
1: lag and waking up early for flights. It's just not as cool as people think and people think the rock star life is just this Glorious thing. I mean hotels get lonely. I mean airport food is expensive and I think once you know you see that that's a reality. Okay, that okay that won't fulfill you. Okay, well you see you know on social media and Snapchat and Instagram. Okay, I need to, I need to be in a relationship and a relationship's going to fulfill me. And then like after you're in one, you realize like okay, may, that's that's not going to do it. And so everywhere we look and everywhere I see in culture, we're looking and desperately seeking rest. And we all know that great quote from St. Augustine: Our hearts are restless until they rest in the Lord. And I really think that's true and I can see that in a lot of different people's lives there's so many amazing testimonies out there of people's lives that aren't on the news I mean people aren't talking about this but I get to meet them we maybe see them in the Catholic world and get to hear testimonies like yourself and probably everyone in this room and the reality of it is it's like why why is the world still bombarding us with this false notion that in on this side of heaven we are going to be fully satisfied by
2: worldly pleasures
1: I mean it's not gonna happen And the rest is not going to come
2: until you rest in him. Only Jesus fills our hearts. It's been great having you on the show again. Great being here. And the Lord is saying to you, come to me, come to me. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you, worship you. We all surrender our hearts, our souls, our minds to you. We say, yes, Lord Jesus, come take over our lives, my life, take over my life that I may do your will in all things and be filled with your love and filled with your glory and filled with your Holy Spirit and filled with your joy through the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. And I bless you with every spiritual blessing
0: in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mm, what a great conversation between Deacon Steve Greco and a Andrew Laubacher. It's so good to know that our church is in good hands with young people like this. Amen. And please pray for him as he continues to discern next steps on his vocation. In closing, if this message has impacted your heart, then by all means, please do share so that others may benefit also. For more info on this ministry, pop on over to spiritfilledhearts.org. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. We'll see you again next time with Deacon Steve and the team. This podcast is a ministry of Spirit-Filled Media. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please consider supporting Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry with a one-time or monthly gift. Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry is a 501c3 non organization. We are only funded by generous donors who believe in our mission to evangelize.